You're listening to the weekly message at Mosaic Church. For more information or to talk about your own life in Christ, email info at mosaicchurchevans.org. If you'd like to support our ministry, visit our website at mosaicchurchevans.org. Thanks for listening. And now, this week's message. say a word about today um, as Peter, I'm going to invite you to come in just a minute, so get get yourself ready. Um, But uh, before Peter comes, I want to tell you um, kind of how Mosaic operates in terms of its mission outreach. Churches do these things in all kinds of ways. Some churches just put missions as a line item in the budget and they give to missions as missions show up. Other churches like ours we actually, um, we am, make friends with some mission partners, and we follow those mission partners and uh, share life with those mission partners and develop relationships with those mission partners so that our, our experience with the partners goes deeper than just writing a check here and there for isolated um, sort of kind of scattershot things. We at Mosaic right now, we have seven mission partners. One of them was generated in-house. It's the Mosaic Center, and it houses all of our local missions and ministries, things like GED and exceptional circles for children with disabilities and uh, the pantry, which serves the Maxwell House downtown and Freedom's Path for adults with disabilities, veterans with disabilities, things like that. We have several uh, ministries that are housed under the Mosaic Center, which is our local ministries. But we also have mission partners beyond this, this community like UGA Wesley Foundation, which is doing amazing things uh, on the campus of, of the University of Georgia. And, um, and two, of our, two of our own have gone through UGA Wesley and have just been mightily enriched spiritually by it. Um, and we've had other kids who have, who have gone to UGA Wesley, but we've had two who have served in leadership there. And it's just have been deeply blessed and enriched, their, their faith enriched. Then we have missions beyond that, like TMS Global, which is a mission-sending organization that sent, they have about 200 missionaries around the world serving in places they, they particularly reach un, or, or focus on unreached people groups. So TMS Global is one of our is one of our partners, and uh, CFI, excuse me, yeah, yeah, CFI, Christian Flight International, serves um, a town in Haiti, and um, and then we serve. Uh, a seminary in Venezuela. At the end of this month, Steve and I are going with a group of pastors to explore what's happening in Cuba. Isn't it crazy that Cuba, while it is a communist country, is, has, is sort of exploding spiritually? And churches are being birthed all over that country. And uh, so Steve and I are going with a group of pastors to encourage some church planters um, and some of the smaller areas beyond Havana, and we're going to bring that back and so that we can discern together if we want to help to plant a church there. And then one of the other ministries we serve, and this is probably the one that has my heart, is um, a, a, a group that serves Southeast Asia. Peter and Esther lead the, uh, the group. It's Global Hope Partners. And um, I've been with Peter and Esther twice to their to their ministry, and we've been to India and to, to, uh, to two other areas in, in other years. Um, friends, 
The Lord is doing mighty things across Southeast Asia and across the world. And um, Peter has been such a friend to us and not only sharing his ministry with us, but also sharing his heart. Esther, Esther is one big heart. She is just a heart. And um, so they have both shared their hearts. Peter um, is a pastor. He's an evangelist. He is, um, uh, he's a, he is a deeply, deeply faithful man of God with a prophetic gift, or a strong prophetic gift. He walks in the leadership gifting better than just about anybody I've ever known. And he does it with such a heart of humility. And um, they, have, they were in Atlanta for other, um, for other commitments and graciously offered to come to Augusta this morning so that they could be the ones, the, so that Peter's voice could be the first voice to speak into our year. So Peter, I'm going to ask if you would come and uh, I'm going to pray over you. As he comes, would you just welcome him? Lord Jesus, my, my prayer over Peter is that you would pour out your Holy Spirit over mm. him and bless him, God, with mm. a word for the people who are here in this room right now who mm. have come because they love you and are hungry for a word. Mm. And as Peter blesses us, Lord, would you bless him, pour back into him everything he pours out. Mm -hmm. Cause us to be the church for him, Lord, to come around and to take his words and live them out. God, we love you and we thank you for the body of Christ that puts us in the same place right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you. Thank you. It's such a joy and a privilege to be with you this morning. And I'm thankful to God for giving me this time to, just a few minutes to share with you. I've been praying a lot to be here because this is your first service after pandemic season, I think. And uh, what does the Lord, uh, you know, wants us to focus on? You know, I was thinking so much on pandemic and what pandemic has done. It really shifted the whole world. Am I okay? It shifted the whole world. And pandemic has also shifted how we serve and minister to the Lord. The church has to shift. The church has shifted. Some of them have not shifted. Some of them are not. They just went back and right back where, where they think they left, they're going to pick up. But God is not going to wait for that. God is going to do new things for us. God has shifted. Because he knows pandemic will not destroy his kingdom work. And so God is going to say to us, I'm shifting my way. Will you also join me in shifting this way? And some of them will not shift. Some, some of them are so used to what they used to do. They're used to doing what they used to do. They keep doing what they did. And they keep doing what they're doing. And nothing happens in their life. But God is reminding us, I'm shifting the scene. It has shifted. And I'm moving on. Will you join me? And I think this is the word of the Lord for us to remember that we are the people that have been given the freedom by God. God has given us the freedom. Pandemic, yes, it did a lot of harm, but it also has done a lot of good because God was in control. God is not going to stop because of pandemic. God is going to keep doing what he has planned to do for us. The question is, are you going to join God's plan are you going to be doing or just stay where you are? 
You know, I was just praying. One of the things, the big shift, there are quite a few shifts that I can talk about. But this morning, I want to just focus on one or two. The big shift that happened, that our home has become a sacred place. Now, why do you say that, Pastor? I'll tell you why I'm saying that. Because most of us, when pandemic came, our homes became an extender of the church. Am I okay in saying that? Some of you started receiving communion at home. And I was amazed that even the Catholics were taking communion at home. We love Catholics. I mean, nothing against anyone. But I'm just saying that the home has shifted. You know, the, be the beginning of Jesus' ministry was after post-resurrection of the Lord. He was walking on the road to Emmaus. Remember that story? And they were stuck in their tradition. Those two disciples that were walking on this. And Jesus comes along to, to, to them and he says, why are you looking so sad? Why are you so sad? Things have shifted. But these guys were stuck in tradition. Remember that story? And they just keep walking. And Jesus says, why are you so sad? Well, haven't you heard that this and this would have happened? And uh, we still did not experience the resurrection. We still did not know the Lord. That's what they were, in other words, they were saying that. They were still sad. And Jesus walks along with them. And he opens up the scriptures to them. And he, beginning at Moses, he starts to expound all the scriptures to them. By the time they get to the home, Jesus was trying to tell them, I'm going to go on. But they say, please come and stay with us. Because the words that Jesus spoke were igniting something inside of them. They said, would you come inside? And he goes inside. And as they break the bread, remember when they break the bread, he breaks the bread. And suddenly he disappears and they said, did not our hearts felt the warmth when he was speaking to us? Can I say this morning, you know, you know, the word of the Lord as it comes to us, some of us will listen to the mind, but I'm praying the word of the Lord would go to your soul today. Most of us will listen here and do not take it deep inside of us. And I think that's what needs to happen. And I'll tell you why, because if you understand the story of the early beginning of the church, as Jesus was being birthed from the womb of Mary, the ministry has shifted. And a lot of people don't realize this. And, and Mary runs, you know, this is a story at home. I'm talking about our home being a sacred place. And so Mary runs to Elizabeth. Remember that story? We just passed through Christmas. I'm sure you read the text. And so Mary runs to Elizabeth's home, Zachariah's home. And as she runs to the home, this is what it says, at the sound of Mary's greetings, at the sound of Mary's greetings. Think about it. At the sound of Mary's greetings. All she said was, Elizabeth. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello, everyone. The moment she said that, the scripture says, very interesting. Elizabeth's child leaped within her. Can I tell you, your voice and my voice, your words and my words should impact the lives of the people. It should change the lives of the people. Because Jesus was not yet in the, on this earth in a physical form. Are you with me? He was still in the womb of Mary. And, and she goes to Elizabeth. And all she says was, hello, Elizabeth. And the Bible says, I want you to read that in chapter 1 of Luke. You know, when you see that verse, it says, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. The joy. The joy that her greetings brought her. 
And today, my friends, you and I have the Lord Jesus in us. Our greetings must be very powerful. Think about it. We somehow defeat our own life with our own thinking. You know, I just, you know, anywhere that you go, you can be a blessing. And I'll just share my testimonies along the way. Morning at the breakfast bar, you were trying to do something. Ladies serving behind the scene at the kitchen, she came out and said, How are you doing, my dear? She says, I'm blessed. She said, I'm blessed. And I said, Oh. And then I carried on the conversation. I went back to her and I said, You know, it is so nice that you said, We cannot live in any other way but being blessed by the Lord. She said, Yes. And she said, Yes. And I hugged her. And I, I, I know people at the bar were just wondering, what is this guy doing? He's a guest and he's just jumping in. I mean, we are such powerful people because the Lord is with us. Nothing is in us but the Lord. And Mary says when she just greeted, friends, listen, this happened in a house. This happened in Elizabeth's home. The moment she said hello, the Bible says, Elizabeth, child, leaped within her. And it doesn't end there. I love this verse because, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine that? This is before Jesus said the Spirit will come. God was choosing people, selecting, calling them. You are very powerful in your life. You are very powerful in your homes. And I think the pandemic has shifted many of the people's life. And I pray that you will understand that God is calling us to be a, a special people for a special task. I mean, the early church was, you know, I, I think the American church, thank God for the church. But the Western church has given us an idea that church means that you come, we will entertain you, sing for you, and you will go home. Then you come back next Sunday I think we are spectators like worshipers. God wants us to be participants. Let me say that again. I think some of us come to church as spectators. And you know, the shift is calling us to say, no more spectators, but become participants. You, today you might be watching some football game and all those guys who play on the game uh, on the field, everybody's on the stand, 60,000 excited. They wish they could do this. From the stands, they will say, oh, if I was there, I would have done this. I would have. The reason that you're sitting there because you're not doing that. <laughs> get down. Jesus wants us to get down in the field. He wants us, every one of us, to be participants. The early church... Honestly, the early church was not run by professionals. It was run by ordinary people. It was every ordinary person that said, I have a part in this. God anointed me. The Lord is leading me. I am called by the Lord. Everyone was involved in the early church. In everything they did, they connected to the Lord. If you watch the history of the early church, everyone, I mean, there are no names, but everyone was called by God to do something for the ministry. The shift has happened, my friends. God, is, God has shifted the ministry back to our homes, back to, the, back to the women that thought they have nothing to offer. But here is God showing to us, it was these two women who had a great conversation. Both of their sons become great evangelists. One is the Savior, of course. It starts with these two women. By their conversation, Mary came to Elizabeth to say, you know, I heard that you 
are having a baby at this old age. There is a miracle happening in your home. And Elizabeth says, yes, my cousin, it is so true. And that's, that's when she says, and she says, you know, Elizabeth gave a glad cry and said to Mary, God has blessed you above all the women, and your child is blessed. And then she says, I'm so blessed to have the mother of my Lord in my house. There's a ministry that is happening in a home. Are you, are you with me? It's the women who are encouraging each other. And Mary comes to be encouraged by Elizabeth, in a way, to get that affirmation, confirmation. Moving on, as we, as we look into the text today, I wanted to talk about, from the book of Isaiah, beautiful story for us, unleashing our lives. Some of us are tied to tradition, culture, whatever we are tied, but we're tied. God is asking us, unleash yourself, because he gave us the promise. He gave us the word. And sometimes we are hindrance to our own selves. We are hindrance to our own selves. We think what we need has to be a clean carpet laid for us so that we can walk on it. God is saying, you make your own carpet as you walk along. You lay your own carpet. You lay your life. It's right before you because I promised you. I gave you my word. If you listen to my word, if you understand my word, you follow this. And I'll read this to you. So Israel was in exile, and God gives a word to Isaiah, and he begins to say this, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel, Isaiah 43, 15. And Israel's creator and king, I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the seas. Remember that story? All of us know that story. Ten commandments you've seen. You've seen the sea part. You saw Moses just lifting up his hand, and the waters just split. And the dry ground. So the Lord is saying, I am the Lord who opened the way through the waters, making a dry path through the seas. I call for the mighty army of Egypt, mighty army of Egypt, with all his chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned there, life snuffed out like smothering candlestick. It was gone. So it's a great story when you look at Egypt. It's a great story what happened back then. But you know what verse 18 says? But, he says, forget all that. <laughs> Wait a minute, Lord, such a great miracle? Such a wondrous work you've done? And you're asking me to kind of forget that? Because he says this, but forget all that. It's nothing compared, listen to this carefully, please. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. The Messiah is coming. Hallelujah. He says, the Messiah is coming. It is nothing. The great work that you have seen in the Red Sea is nothing compared to what I'm going to do for you. So he has given us the promise. He says, you know, I'm going to do a great thing. If God says I'm going to do great things, you believe it and you trust in him and you live in it. He says, I'm going to do a great thing. Forget all that you heard about this Red Sea and all that has happened. All the army, the mighty army, they're drowning. He says, leave that behind because I am going to do a great thing for you. And so he says in verse 18, But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. For I am about to do something new. That is the coming of the Messiah. 
And even to the Babylonians, he was in the Babylonians, they, they were exiled in Babylon. And he's telling them, while they were in exile, while they were in problems, while they were kind of a chained, they did not have the freedom while they were living there, God is saying to them, look at the new thing that I'm going to do for you. That's the message the prophet gives. And he's really, uh, prophet is saying, Isaiah is saying to them, he's saying to them, something great God is going to do. This passage reminds us, he says, you know, I want you to believe in your heart that freedom has come because I prepared that for you. I want you to listen to me, he says. God is saying, I want you to understand this. Freedom has come. It's there for you. And change your attitude as you listen to this. Not till everything happens to you, but it has already happened. Are you with me? It has already done for you. You need to change the way that you're thinking. You know, there's a lot of commentaries on this and beautiful commentary. But the, the idea is, you know, the idea of deliverance take possession of their minds instead of brooding on the past and the present. So many people live in the past. They're living in the past. Or they're brooding over the present. And God says, you know, get off the past. Get off the past. Don't look at the present situation because there's a better thing that is coming. And this is the difficulty that we have to see the things. We are people who operate only in five senses. But if you can operate on the faith and look at that promise that God gave you, your life will be different. Because your attitude begins to change. You're not waiting for things to unfold, but you will take charge and say, things have been unfolding for me because God is in control. Good things are coming to us. Because he promised. God said that to me. And as you look at this verse, that's what he's saying to them. He says, for I'm about to do a new thing. See, I have already begun. Verse 19. It's, it's, it's a see, I've already begun. In some version it says, now it springs forth. Now it is happening. Now it is happening. It is happening now. You know, when we know we live in Chicago, in winter times it's kind of a bad, and all the leaves are gone. You know, you see the snow outside, nothing else. And, and you know, sometimes you wonder, you know, wow, how, how long it's going to be. But I want to tell you that the other day my wife looked at outside. We were sitting and drinking coffee, and she said, you know, it looks like spring. It's winter, but yes, spring is coming. <laughs> Maybe in a few months, few days, few weeks, but it's coming. Get ready for the spring. I mean, don't sit in the winter, don't live in the winter, but start looking for the spring. You know, the, one of the beautiful stories in the Bible is of blind Bartimaeus. I, I, I think you remember the story. He was sitting on the street. Every day they would bring him, put him on the street. Every day they would pick him up and bring him on the street. And every day he would just beg and beg and live that way. Every day that's the routine for him. But one day Jesus was walking by. And he asked the crowd, he says, what's going on? Why? I hear a lot of noise. What's going on? He says, Jesus of Nazareth is walking by. The moment he heard Jesus of Nazareth is walking by, it was like spring for him. He was living in winter, sitting in winter, dying in winter. That's what his life was. But the moment he heard that Jesus of Nazareth is walking by, all he did was hurt. And the next thing that he does, son of David, have mercy on me. Remember that? He shouts. He says, son of David, have mercy. Spring has come to us. And he says, I'm going to get up and I'm going to live my life as God has designed it for me. 
And so he jumps. And then the people shout him down. Remember, he's blind. Remember, he's blind. But he believed inside that just Jesus of Nazareth is not just somebody walking by, but he was a son of David. He heard the story that one day Messiah will come. One day spring will come. And my time has come, he said. It's winter. It's been too long. I've been sitting. I hear the spring walking by. And he says, he calls out. He calls out Jesus of Nazareth. And then like every time, you know, we do something different, people shout us down. When I, when I saw spring in my life, I was working as an engineer. And I was just looking forward to be the director for the manufacturing department, and I was having my own dreams. I saw spring. I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus calling me to come and serve him. And when I got up from my seat and I said, I'm going to go and serve him, 99% of the people shouted me down. They were just saying, you're crazy. You're just crazy to live this lucrative life, and you just want to go. And I could not spell what is ministry, honestly? But I saw a glimpse in my spirit that Jesus was saying, that's your call. Follow me. And that one person who stood by me was my wife. <laughs> and she said, let's go serve the Lord. We gave up everything, started seeing. Today, when I look back and I say, thank you, Lord. And I've been living a life of spring since then. Bearing fruit for his kingdom, helping others to eat the fruit of the kingdom. Helping others to see that. Blind Bartimaeus got up. People shouted him down. Do you think the blind Bartimaeus just sat down because people shouted him down? You know what did he do? He shouted louder. Sometimes you have to shout louder for your springs, my friend. If you see the spring, you have to shout louder and say, God has given me this promise. And in this exilic time, the while they were in exile, this is what they said. This is what the Lord said. See, I've already begun. Now it's, it springs forth now. Do you not see it? Don't you see that? You know, here's a challenge for all of us. Sometimes we, we hear the word, but we don't see the picture. Sometimes we hear the word, we don't see the picture. We say, you know, preacher said this, it's okay. But if I don't see the picture, it doesn't stick with me. This is something deeper I'm sharing with you. A lot of people hear the word but you need to see the picture. When God told Abraham that I'm going to uh, make you father of many, many children. Remember that story? You're going to bear Isaac. Isaac will be this. Isaac will be that. And Abraham just doesn't. Be, and I love the verse in Genesis chapter 15. I want you to, when you go back, you can read that. Genesis chapter 15, verse 4 onwards. I'm going to read that. Then the word of the Lord came to Abraham, saying, This one will not be your heir talking about Ishmael. Remember Ishmael was the first son through Hagar? Remember that? He says very clearly, this will not be your heir, Abraham. Abraham says, well, I don't know what to do now. I'm old. I barely made it through. <laughs> now you're asking me, this is not my heir. And look at the word of the Lord. He says, but one who comes from your own body will be your heir. The one that comes from you. Can I tell you that God gives each one of us a vision that you must own it because it's yours. Don't copycat others. Don't try to be others. 
God has given each one of us a gift. My gift is different. Carolyn's gift is different. I need to live with mine and thank the Lord and work on it. She lives on her own. Every one of us has a gift of ministry. First Peter talks about that. Each one of us, each one of us are gifted by God. Each one of us been gifted by God. And when you see this, I, this is a story. I'm trying to show you the picture that God tells Abraham. The one, this one will not be your hair, but the one comes from your own body will be your hair. I, I like that. When God gives you a word, it's yours. 99% of the people did not see that God called me. Are you with me? 99% could not see. How can you do that, man? How can you do that? A lot of people gave a lot of good suggestions. Not bad, good suggestions. They loved me. Not they, could not, they just could not see the picture that God gave me. God gave me a picture. He says, no, you're going to go to the world and preach the gospel. And this is what the Lord says to Abraham. He says, and the Lord, verse 5, after he says in verse 4 this story, he says, I'm going to give you your own vision, your own child. And the Lord took, I love that word, the Lord took him outside and said, now look, at, look to the heavens and count the stars if you're able. What did God do? I, I try to understand that more deeper way. I looked at the dictionaries and looked at the word. Uh, to he, Basically, the Lord said, come out. You're, you're, you're inside, locked in somewhere, Abraham. I need to take you outside. Come outside. Some of you need to go outside. <laughs> Some of you need to go out. Because you're too much inside. When you're inside you don't get to see the picture. A lot of us don't see that. My ministry, my calling, my life changed when I went outside and I saw the world. I saw the people that are hungering for the Lord. When I came back from one of the mission trips, I saw the people that are hungering for the Lord. They want to hear the word of the Lord. They got a lot of gods to worship. But when I speak about Jesus, they want to love Jesus. They want to follow Jesus. And, and they're not that educated. Uh, but they want to know the Lord. They cannot read and write, but they want to know the Lord. Because there is something about the name of Jesus. Something about the name of Jesus. And I came back and I said, I can't just sit inside. Sometimes you go out, God gives you a vision. You know what God did to Abraham? He took his hand and he said, come out. Come out. That's what the scripture says. Look at verse 5. And the Lord took him outside. The Lord took him out. The Lord could speak inside if he wants to. Can he not? He can speak. But he took him outside to help him to see the picture. And he said, and he said, now look. Now look. Look to the heavens. He says, look to the heavens and count the stars if you're able to. He, then he told him, so shall your offspring be. I think sometimes when God has given us a call, my brother, my sister, I want to encourage you. Look at the picture. Peter, I can't see the picture. Sometimes go out. Get your hands out there. Do something and God will serve you. Through you, God will serve the people. And that's the picture that God has given. Sometimes we need to unleash ourselves. Abraham was tight. Abraham was okay. I got Ishmael, but God says, no, 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 that's not what I planned for you. Don't settle for less, settle for the best. I have the best. But sometimes you need to go out to see the best. And that's what happens in this story. He goes out and he sees, and then the whole history changes. And the verse 6 says, 
Abraham believed the Lord. Just believe the Lord. Believe the Lord. God has called you. Believe the Lord. God has a purpose in your life. Believe the Lord. God has a ministry for you. Believe the Lord. And step out and start doing things. And you will see the wonders. We just finished a, a women's seminar. One of the ladies that uh, we have a special empowering women program that we do. We teach the ladies that God has called you. God has a purpose in your life. You're a child of God. You're of a high value. We teach them all these things. And so one of the ladies who came to this uh, meeting, she was very, she's very poor. She just works in the farm, daily wager. Her husband is paralyzed. All of her circumstances seem so dim and gloom for her. Every time she came to church, she felt low because others have Bibles, others could read the Bible, and she felt so low in her spirit. And that conference when she was attending, when we were teaching her that you are of high value. There's one subject we teach, you are of high value. You're very precious in the sight of God. And she listened to that story because she doesn't have a Bible. She listened to the whole story and she went. Her husband is paralyzed. She's very poor. She has to work every day to make the ends meet. Every circumstances is a kind of a gloom and doom for her life. There is nothing in her much. But when she heard that story, she came back the next day to the class session. She stood up and she said, I am of high value. I don't care what anybody thinks. I am of a high value to the Lord. I don't care what people think. I don't care how people feel. I am of a high value because God said that. Things change within us. Why am I saying this to you? Because when the word is spoken to you, it must go in your spirit. She was set free from inside and not outside. She lived her life outside. She knows the circumstances are bad. She knows everything is bad. But she, like God reminding us, I'm going to do a new thing for you. And she believed that she's of a high value. She did not wait till she becomes of high value, but she started living the high value the moment she heard the high value. And she started moving in the direction. Would you today take that challenge and say, God is unleashing my life. I have a new freedom because God is unleashing. I have a promise of the Lord. And that's what the Lord says. And if you look at the scriptures, he reminds uh, the Israelites. He says, I love Amplified Version. Do not remember the former things or ponder the things of the past. Don't remember those things. You know, the reason that we have windshield in the front of the car as big as it is to look in the front. The rear view mirror is small so that you don't nobody drives looking at the rear view mirror. And why do we live looking at the rear view mirror? No one drives a car just to stand there but you want to reach your destiny. God wants each one of us to reach the destiny. The windshield is the word of God. Receive it and say let me go. No one will stop you. And I want us to pray. I'm going to ask Carolyn to join me uh, to just to pray that, you know, God would unleash all of us, uh, whatever the calling in your life is, that you would say, Lord, your purpose to be fulfilled in my life. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, so, we, so Scripture says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Amen. It couldn't, there's, there's, there's no better way, to, I can't think of a better scripture on which to begin a new year. Will you stand? I, I want to ask you to stand now.
I leaned over to Esther and said, when you mentioned that part about, you know, sometimes it looks like spring even when it's winter. Our wedding picture, we were married in December, but our wedding picture actually looks like a perfect spring day standing outside. I don't know why, but the leaves just were just in the right place. It just looks like the perfect spring day, but it was dead of, dead of winter. It's December 13th. Friends, right now, it's possible that in your life, <laughs> um, something that feels like the dead of winter is actually spring Amen. about to happen. Amen. He's doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? He's doing a new thing. Do you feel it? Lord Jesus, my prayer for us right now, my prayer is that you pour out your Holy Spirit over us and, and give us the eyes to see as, as we've been instructed this morning that it would somehow get from our heads down to our hearts, that you would give us eyes to see and a, and a heart to receive the new thing you are doing. And Lord, Lord, what feels like winter for some of us, not just not just climactically or, or, um, or, I don't know, just in practically speaking, but what feels like winter spiritually or physically or, or um, emotionally. Lord, we're asking you to show us there's actually a spring. It's right there. It's on the way. We can't stop it any more than we can stop a physical spring. We can't stop it. You will do what you will do. Give us a grace to see that, Lord, to see it, to set our face on what you're doing, a new thing. Give us a grace for that, God. A grace to receive the healing that you have for us. A grace to receive the vocation that you've spoken over us. A grace to take on the call that you've given us. Even if it doesn't feel that good right, right now, God, give us, give us a grace to receive what you've spoken over us. Wow. Yeah, there's something being birthed inside of you right now. There is something being birthed inside of you that at the sight, at the feel, at the sound, at the word of the Holy Spirit, it will leap. Jesus, speak. Speak, Lord. Speak. We love you, Jesus. We honor and worship you. We're going to continue our worship this morning. If you want prayer for anything, if you want prayer for healing, if you just like prayer to discern what God is saying into your life, if you want prayer for courage to step into your spring then, uh, or into your freedom, if you want something to be unleashed in you, if you'd like prayer, we would love the opportunity to pray for you. I'm just going to uh, give permission for you to just come and pray with Peter and Esther if you'd like prayer with them. Um, I'll be over on this side, and I'll be so pleased to pray with you. If you, you can stay right where you are and just continue to worship, or you can come and receive. You're invited to come as we, as we worship. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our message. If you live in the area and are looking for a church home, we'd love to see you. 
visit us or check out our website at mosaicchurchevans.org for more information. May God bless your day.